Do I have to change my name? Will it get me far? Should I lose some weight? Am I gonna be a star? the white bikini joining me today is my co-host nicholas banton how are you nicholas um good marie it's good to be with you again in today's episode we're going to discuss the career of liz cheney and the current trajectory that her life has taken with the january 6th hearings and nick i think we can agree that we never thought even a month ago that we will be devoting one of our podcasts to liz cheney not at all liz cheney to me was such an odious individual in addition to her awful father who i think is the uh, embodiment nicholas yes i'm just i'm keeping it real keeping it real for the people uh with her odious father dick cheney but let's have a fair discussion Her early life was very traditional, as you would expect. Her full name is Elizabeth Lynn Cheney, born July 28th, 1966 in Madison, Wisconsin, which we can agree is the heartland of America. We certainly can. She she is the daughter, as we discussed, of Lynn Cheney and Dick Cheney. The family moved to Washington, D.C. in 1968 and settled there for about a decade. And in 1977, the Cheneys moved to Wyoming, where both of her parents had grown up. And that was kind of interesting that I didn't realize Dick Cheney and his wife grew up in the same state. No, that's an interesting factoid. I would agree with that. Liz attended McLean High School, Colorado College, and the University of Chicago Law School. She graduated from law school in 1996 and went on to practice law at a firm called White and Case Law Firm in Washington, D.C. She, I feel, has been kind of quiet in the background. She did serve You know, as we both know, her father served as vice president of the United States from 2001 to 2009 under baby Bush, as you call him, and I'm stealing it. (laughs) She was very active in her father's campaigns for the 2000 and 2004 election. And I do remember her being on stage. My memory of her is more of the 2000s. And I thought she seemed very abrupt, a little star, a little snobby, but she was very active. She left the State Department in 2009 and she co-founded Keep America Safe, an organization that was vocal in its opposition to the national security policy policies of Barack Obama. Full disclosure, 
I know nothing about Keep America Safe, and I'm hoping you can help. Yeah, I'm not really familiar with that. I mean, I, I my impression of Keep America Safe is much like the Tea Party. It was a movement engineered by very rich conservative donors to undermine the administration of Barack Obama. And I'm saying that they didn't do anything necessarily illegal. That's what, uh, as a member of parliament in Great Britain once said, the job of the opposition is to oppose. So at the time, the opposition, the Republican Party, their job was to oppose Barack Obama. So. I don't mean to insinuate that they did anything specifically or distinctly unethical, but they were there to give Barack Obama a very difficult time in Washington. Agreed. And I'm sure that some of the policies were racist. Oh, yeah. I, I you know, it, it's I think it's a given. It, it's funny. It, it's become so common to just point out the obvious that as a black man, I, I feel like it's it's weird. I, I as I get older, I can't I want to believe that it's just not that obvious. It's just not that blatant. So, you know, not to digress from the topic at hand, it's much like the Sesame Place controversy that we're witnessing now with the Sesame Place character ignoring a group of young black girls in such a, an ab abrupt and unnuanced way that your at least my brain immediately went to a place of wait can this really have been as bad as it looks and i think the, you know liz cheney the cheney group you know the republicans at the time i think a lot of it i mean you don't get donald trump without a barack obama because of as one of my political science professors called it the blacklash to barack obama but that's just, that's just my two cents. I'm going to steal Black Lash from you. It's official. Okay, you can have along with baby, Along with Baby Bush. All right, we're on it. So after her father left the presidency, after a failed Senate bid, Cheney and her five children with her husband moved to Wyoming in 2012. The next year she announced that she was seeking the Republican nomination for Wyoming Senate seat in the 24 election, 2014 election. And I'm embarrassed to say I briefly remember her running, but I really wasn't interested because I wasn't interested in her. Yeah, like this, there, you know, I was about to just say, like, she just sounded like another, you know, product of nepotism, whether it's in Washington or in Hollywood. So I, I can understand why I don't think either of us really paid any attention to her. First of all, her father was odious. She seemed as odious as her father. Um, so I, from, where we stand, from where we stand, there was nothing particularly interesting or appealing or even redeeming about uh, Liz Cheney from her perspective at that point. Is that unreasonable? No, 100% agree. And that's why when I was doing the research, I was like, I didn't even realize any of this happened. But the next part, I clearly remember, I was so startled and I did not like her. She did challenge the popular incumbent, Senator Mike Enzi, but this is where she did get herself in trouble. She stated that she was not in favor of same-sex marriage which sparked a public dispute with her sister, Mary Cheney, a lesbian. In September 2021, Liz Cheney reversed her stance on the same-sex marriage and said she was wrong to have opposed it. Do you remember when that happened? I do. That was probably the first time. I, I do remember her hearing, you know, drips and drabs about her running. But like I said before, just she just was not an interesting figure to me. So I didn't really care if she won or lost. But I do remember that. I remember the kerfuffle 
that it caused uh, in Washington and on the news and the hypocrisy. And I think, I don't remember, maybe you can recall, do you remember if, I don't remember Father Cheney coming to the defense of Mary. I think they all turned on her. Or if I, I could be uh, misremembering. I don't know if you have a better recollection of that instance. I don't remember him coming to his daughter Mary's defense. Yeah, that's that's my recollection as well. And I just I just thought at the time, wow, another odious thing from a bunch of odious people. <laughs> Stop it. I'm just keeping I, it real. I'm keeping I, I think it's interesting that she only reversed this in September of 2021 because I believe she has her eyes on the White House. I, I would believe so. And listen, you know, let's bef before we come off as seeming that seeming too uh, puritanical or we think we're above reproach. So let me let's remember that Barack Obama also opposed same sex marriage before he supported it. So it's something, Amen. It's something politicians do if if it wasn't for Joe Biden pushing him across the line, I, I don't think Barack Obama would have been on the right side of history when he found himself on what I believe is the right side of history. So who really knows what's going on in Dick Cheney's uh, in Liz Cheney's heart? Because I, I I can't believe that she really I you know what I think is that she put her political aspirations ahead of her sister. She wouldn't be the first to do it. And honestly, if she were a man, let's be honest, as much as she's an odious, you know, chip off the block, um, if she were a man, I don't know that she would receive the same level of criticism, criticism and opprobrium as she has currently re receiving. Look at the look at the state uh, senator or the federal uh, the House member of the House that's representing some district here in Philadelphia in uh, Pennsylvania who publicly opposes gay marriage, but attended proudly attended his son's gay wedding. So you know, I think he's getting up. You know, this man by comparison with Liz Cheney is getting a mild slap on the wrist. So I don't know. I mean. I, I I think she's terrible and horrible, but I also want to say she's terrible and horrible while being fair to her, if that's possible. <laughs> I think we just did. All right. I her, camp <laughs> her campaign came to an end in 2014 when citing serious health challenges in her family, she dropped out of the race. In other words, I believe her father told her to drop out rather than lose. Yeah, it's a face-saving. It's a face-saving move. Then we're... She got quiet. I think there was, she was busy, she had children. And my only recollection of any conversation about Liz Cheney is with the January 6th Capitol uprising. Suddenly she was, it gets a little complicated because she was the most powerful Republican to support, to support impeachment. She broke rank with Trump and her fellow party members. So it's a little startling how this all turned, and now she is against Trump. Yeah. So what do you what do you make of that? Do you think she was reading the tea leaves and recognized that you know in the span of four years, you know the her political fortunes will improve because as time goes on, it will be revealed more and more. And so far, I think she's been right that Trump was the monster that we thought he was, specifically on January 6th? I believe that she wants, she wants to be on the right side of history, but I do believe there's an end game to being on the right side of history. 
I would imagine so. I, you know, what's interesting though is that politically, in her state as a member of the House of Representatives, first of all, she's been stripped of her power by her caucus, and politically, I don't know if she's a viable candidate to win re-election. So it's interesting. Uh, maybe she has her eyes on bigger on a bigger prize as the Republican nominee in 2024 or 2028. I think 2024 is right around the corner. I don't know if their party would be in a position to forgive her. But by 2028, I can see her being a viable candidate for president on the Republican ticket. Uh, I think. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go. I apologize. No, it's fine. I was just going to say. I think she is on the right side of history, and I think right now she's authoring. Uh, yes, authoring the case against Donald Trump. I think even Benny Thompson, who is the uh, the ranking member on the January 6th committee, has essentially ceded, uh, you know, in terms of optics, authority to Liz Cheney to lead the prosecution of Donald Trump and those who participated in fomenting the January 6th insurrection. And one thing I found interesting is at one time she was called the Trumpiest of them all, earning a reputation as the most combative Cheney in Washington, which is saying a lot given that her father is Dick Cheney. Yeah, yeah. I heard dad, her dad, I think the difference there is that I think her dad wielded a very quiet power in the halls of Washington. I think that's the way Dick Cheney ruled. Dick Cheney was a ruthless man, but he wasn't, I don't think he was loud and brash. I think his daughter, and I think perhaps this is just a sign of the, you know, the misogynetic misogyny that still exists in our society. I think she has to be brash and bold and assertive in order to be taken seriously, even by her own caucus. I do still think, which I know that you'll agree with me, that the American government is still run by misogynists. I think nothing speaks to that more than the current Supreme Court and the United States Senate. It's it's an ossified institution of septuagenarians and octogenarians who are completely removed from the reality of the lives of Americans, who are just ideologically rigid in a way that makes no sense. So uh, I think you're spot on. The next, I feel around 2016, you know, is when she, she was successful in running the Republican primary. She did win. She largely voted in step with the agenda of the Republican President Donald Trump, which we know. And when the House held a vote to impeach him in 2019, she did a vote against the two articles of, of impeachment. Then this is when she did a drastic switch. Another thing that I think happens with people, especially, I wouldn't even say just say parents, I should say people. At this point, I believe her children are getting older. And I think the world that she was raised in and thought she was raising her children in did a monumental shift. And I'd like to think that with that, some of her beliefs evolved with the times. I will grant that. I will grant that. Um, like I said, I, I, I'm definitely prejudiced uh, in my views of the entire Cheney family, save Mary Cheney. And it's perhaps because I don't know her well enough. Um, but yes, I will grant the fact that people can change, people can evolve, people can see the light, people can have an awakening. I think it could be a little bit of both. Agreed.
And you're not where Liz Cheney is without being someone that's successful, bright, and knows how to play the game. Agreed. Once again, agreed. I think she knows how Washington works inside and out. She knows how to play Washington hardball. So I do want to believe that this transformation that we're witnessing is the function of something more meaningful in her life. Liz Cheney's support of Donald Trump changed drastically after the November 2020 election, which in all honesty, it feels like 10 years ago now. Well, you know, when you try to overthrow the government, <laughs> <laughs> and you literally have hundreds of people being arrested and prosecuted. Um, just the, the gravity of the, you know what it is? The gravity of the Trump years, the gravity of COVID, I think has distorted our sense of time. You know, they, in physics, when you approach a black hole, from the outside, time seems to slow down and because of the gravitational effects of the black hole. And I think there's a political gravity, there's a social gravity that has slowed things down in American society over the last four years. And so everything feels extended and drawn out. And, and I agree with you. Uh, it feels like Trump literally just got on the helicopter last week, you know, and now we're actually approaching the midterm elections. So that's the impact Trump has had. And of course, COVID has had on the American psyche over the last, I guess it's, it, we're actually approaching six years since he was inaugurated or five years, excuse me. I agree. And there has been a distorted sense of time that I blame on the pandemic. Agreed. Agreed. Her support of him changed drastically, and she was very vocal of her criticisms of President Trump's actions that day and of, of his false claims about the election. Her vote to impeach and her continued outspoken criticism of Trump, she famously said, and I do feel that some of her language is so on target and sometimes to me it's actually moving so i want to believe that it's coming from a place of someone that's evolved she said that there has never been a greater betrayal by a president of the united states of his office and his oath to the constitution and it put her at odds with a majority of her Republican colleagues. She successfully fended off calls for her to be removed from her position of the Republican conference chair in February, but in May, she was stripped of the post. And that's startling. Yeah, no, it's, it's revelatory of the state of the current iteration of the Republican Party. I think if you go to... Do, should we even call it the Republican Party anymore? Because it's really not. Well, that's what they call themselves. You know, it's this is who they say they are. And, and I think on some level, it's this is what they're about. And I think we have uh, an impression of the Republican Party of, you know, guys like perhaps like um, Tom Ridge and Arlen Specter as being Republicans who were reasonable and sober-minded. And if the Republican won, you didn't necessarily think, oh my God, it's the end of the world. You think, well, you know, you know, things are, you know, progress is going to slow down for the next four years, but you didn't necessarily think that democracy might end and be replaced by fascism. And I think that's where the Republican Party is today. I think we need to change the name of this party. That's going to be our next podcast. Yeah, that's that's a distinct possibility that, I mean, listen, society has changed. I think the progressive movement, the progressive left of that, that has taken hold of America has dragged America along, dragged the rest of America, and I think a majority of America into a more inclusive reality. There is a regressive, I want to say it's a theocratic white nationalist movement that is way too comfortable with 
fascism that's taken hold in the Republican Party that wants to drag America backwards. And so there is a huge tension in the country right now. And I think Liz Cheney has chosen to go with the majority of Americans and turn her back and turn her back on her party because I think she recognizes excuse me she recognizes that her party is well for one of a better word insane in July of 2021 she was selected by Nancy Pelosi to serve on the House Select Committee to investigate the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol and she was only one of the two Republicans to serve on the committee and she was named vice chair of the committee in September yeah that's what I was refer referring to earlier I think Benny Thompson, who's a Democratic ranking member on the committee, from what I've seen, he's pretty much given her carte blanche to, you know, in terms of the public presentation. I don't know what happens behind closed doors, but in terms of the public presentation, Liz Cheney, this is Liz Cheney um, project, if you will. Liz Cheney is leading the charge against Donald Trump and the January 6th insurrectionists, which is incredible. Her embrace of the committee's work to investigate the January 6th attack, as well of her continued criticism of Donald Trump's claims, false claims, the won the 2020 election, led the Wyoming Republican Party to declare in 20, November of 2020, 2021, that it would no longer recognize her as a member of the party. And she was previously censured in February after she voted to impeach Trump. And uh, you know, and this is really sad because if you listen to the leaders of the Republican party in the days, I'm talking January 6th, excuse me, January, uh, yes, January 6th, 7th and 8th, just a few days, few hours after the insurrection um, was quashed, or at least, you know, Trump told them to go home. They said the right thing. Kevin McCarthy, um, the great turtle, uh, Mitch McConnell, they all, they all said the right thing after the insurrection, but they read the tea leaves and they know that the political juice is with Trump and you can't win a general election if you can't win a primary and you can't win a primary if you don't have the blessings of Trump. And I think they chose to go with, you know, let's just try to win primaries and appease Trump. And Liz Cheney for all her flight failings and all of her faults, she is going to lose this election. But as I've said a few times now, she's chosen to be on the right side of history. And I guess at this point, I don't really know what she's gaining from this. If she runs for the presidency, say in 10 years, so many things could change. So this is where I'm, I'm on the fence. Is she actually doing it because she believes that this is the right thing? I would want to say yes, but you know what? You, you're familiar with the... Uh... The parable of the scorpion and the frog. The, the scorpion asks the frog to take it across the river. Scorpion gets on the back of the frog. Um, after the frog protests, you know, you'll sting me, you'll sting me. And halfway across the river, the scorpion stings the frog and they both die. That's how I feel about Liz Cheney. I'm not ready to get on board with Liz Cheney. I don't trust her motives at this point. I'm willing to take the immediate results of what she's doing because I think she's doing the right thing. Is she doing it for the right reasons? I don't know. I fundamentally have 
a massive mistrust of the Cheney family, specifically uh, Dick Cheney and Liz Cheney. So only time will tell. Undaunted, in May 2020, Liz Cheney announced that she was running for re-election. And the next month, the Senate, the Select Committee's televised hearings, hearings began with Cheney, as we know, taking the prominent, let's be honest, the lead role and to investigate the January 6th attack on the Capitol. And she is the face of this now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I've been saying. You know, she is yeah. the face of the January 6th committee. And I, for what it's worth, she is prosecuting the insurrectionists. Um, you know, this is not, of course, not a uh, formal trial, but she's prosecuting the case against Donald Trump and those who participated in the insurrection. I think in a full-throated and seemingly full-hearted manner. So this is this is why I'm willing to at least pause my cynicism, but I won't. I refuse to surrender my skepticism when it comes to uh, Liz Cheney and the Cheney family. I think the summer will tell. The rest of the summer, let's be honest, August is here. I think the next few months is going to see exactly where her true beliefs lie. And if this is to make herself look better, I would have said that a month ago. I think now the level of criticism she is taking, it just can't be about that. Yeah. And I do I do believe her father is approving of what she's doing or she would not be doing it. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to redeem their souls before they are faced with an eternity of hellfire. Um, those are some evil people, but I will take it. I will take, I will take it for what it appears to be. And what it appears to be is someone trying to do the right thing for the right reasons and seemingly transparent. Um, she was asked by Jake Tapper whether she thought losing the election, re-election, because of her role of the on the panel would be worth it. She said there was no question. She's quoted, if I have to choose between maintaining a seat in the House of Representatives or protecting the Constitutional Republic and ensuring the American people know the truth about Donald Trump. I'm going to choose the Constitution and truth every single day. I say good for her and good for us. If we did not have a Liz Cheney, if we didn't have an Adam Kinzinger, uh, two brave individuals who are probably destroying their future in the Republican Party and what comes after elected office is cushy million dollar consulting jobs where you know these people work five to 20 hours a week and make five million dollars a year they're sacrificing that not just elections i'm gonna earn the side of optimism okay i i you know what i will defer to you on this one um, I, I, I think my faith in the Cheney family, my confidence in their ability to do the right thing has been so sullied by Dick Cheney and the former version of Liz Cheney. I am having a difficult time seeing things objectively. Who's our sponsor this week, Marie? Our sponsor this week is the Springfield Ale House Delco. Please stop by and enjoy the best cheesesteak egg rolls and drinks in Delaware County. Oh, those cheesesteak egg rolls are so delicious. <laughs> I like my well done and I dump them in ranch dressing. Oh, you heathen. You dip those in in uh, cheese whiz. This is Philadelphia. That's cheese fries, dork. Um, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Anyway. Please remember to subscribe to The White Bikini on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast subscribers. And follow us on Instagram at The White Bikini. And thank you for joining us. Peace out. <laughs>